Hello, everyone. This is another episode of Tandem Coaching Academy Skipping Agile Coaching Non-Denominational Podcast. And we are your hosts today, Shuri Silas and I, Alex Kudnov. And today we have Cynthia Lors Darst. She's an MCC. And guess what? She's been at the beginning of CTI and ORSC. She is actually the founding coach there. Hello, Cynthia. It's really good to have you here with us. Oh, thanks, Alex. It's so great to be here with you and Sherry. Thanks. So besides of 25 years in coaching, what else do our uh, listeners need to know about you? Well, let's see. So yeah, so I'm one of the people who's been around for the last 100 years, it feels like. It feels like this is what I mainly have done in my life. I'm one of the people who helped to found the International Coach Federation, the ICF. So, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've, been, I've been here a while. He is uh, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm very passionate about the stance of coaching and the stance of professional coaching. Um, one of the things that I've also been involved with and excited about is, is connecting, helping the agile world connect with the coactive world and the world of CRR. I think there's so much, there's so much wonderful possibility in the world when, when we learn and grow together. Mm -hmm. And it's really fascinating because as we discussed uh, before our recording that uh, half of our audience are professional coaches and other half of agile coaches. And we have really kind of thin connections between these two worlds. Yes. And it seems like you just came in and like, yeah, I've been there. I've been there. I've been everywhere. So uh, tell more about that. Well, let's see. Let me kind of give you a little bit of a history on that. So, uh, oh, my goodness. It must have been about uh, 15, 12 years ago. I don't know where I got connected with Lisa Adkins and Michael Spade. In fact, Michael Spade and I went through Orsk certification at the same time we were in the same pod so that's how we got to really connect and uh, the two of them started talking to me about how can we bring professional coaching skills more into the agile world and so i got the privilege of working with them at aci the company they used to have together where and we created a course called the coaching stance and uh, and so we got to do that course in Northern California and in Stockholm, Sweden, and some wonderful places together. Yeah, it's really great. So, um, what are you up to um, since you know it's been 12, 15 years? Uh, What's happening now? Well, one of the main things that I'm doing now is I oversee leader development. I'm one of the people. Uh, that oversees leader development at CTI, the Coactive Training Institute. So that my, I have a great passion for coactive work and for people, all kinds of people, learning the stance of becoming a professional coach, learning how to be curious, learning how to listen well, so that someone feels fully heard and understood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm, so I'm doing that. I'm active with that. My husband and I have just this weekend fully moved to Palm Springs, California. Oh, awesome. 
And uh, one of the things that I have a, a couple of years ago, I, cre I, I wrote a book. I wrote a book called Meet Your Inside Team, which is a beautiful um, mix of uh, internal self-talk and how to work with it. It's, a, it's about noticing the, the conversation going on inside your own head about any particular topic in your life and finding the way to be ever more effective in your work with that. Well, you know, Cynthia, what I've always heard is you're not supposed to talk to yourself, but it sounds like you're saying you should actually answer those voices. And I love it. Like every time I hear like you talk to yourself, I'm like, that's not coaching. That's probably therapy. <laughs> do you answer? You know, the question is, do you answer in a different voice? Because that's when you know, like, <laughs> so well, you're, let me let me give you an example. So, so I, I kind of love that you're, but yeah, like we tend to think, oh, if I'm having these, something's wrong here. No, something's human here. It's absolutely normal. Like, let's say you're, you're working on growing your business and, and getting more clients. And here we are in the middle of COVID, right? We're still in COVID. We're not fully out of it yet. So if you're thinking about growing your business, you may have, some different thoughts in your head. It may be something like, okay, I need to get a marketing plan together. I need to get into action. The time has come. And then right there in the next heartbeat, but you know, it's COVID's happening and this is a really bad time to invest. And I don't know. And, and then there's another part that goes, get your button gear. You need to be moving faster. And this kind of, you know, these different, that's actually, it's, it's normal. It's human to have these different thoughts and then to get a little lost with it or get a little bit like, oh, I don't want to hear that. So I'll just ignore them all. And then pretty soon we realized we didn't do anything about growing our business today. Mm. Right? Yeah. So um, <laughs> what exactly prompted that book? and talking to your inside team and bringing this to masses so that they can learn these conversations? It's a, oh, those are so, you've got some great, like a few great questions in that. Let me, let me back up and give a little history on the book. Say years and years ago, when um, I was a kid, I, I was trained as a professional, a professional actor. I was trained as a professional actor. And I, um, part of my training was learning about transactional analysis, which mm. is very normal in our conversation today. We all know that there's a critical parent part of us. And we all know that there's that uh, rabble rousing sort of teenager or adolescent energy or the child that wants to be pleasing or creative, you know? And, um, and most of us are aware of that we often have gotten a little a little lost or pulled away from the the healthy adult part of us yeah mm -hmm. so so based on that which was part of my acting training here i go into professional coaching and then i go into the world of crr global and the orsk coaching and as i started getting deeper into that work 
I realized it was the perfect tie-in back to what I'd been trained in as an actor and how could we now approach this through the lens of coaching, right? So it's not just if we're having a conversation in our head, sure, therapists work with that all the time. There's some great therapy around it. However, it's the most normal human thing for us to experience. And so how do we work with it? Right. <laughs> Sorry, my grandson's yelling over there. Okay. So how do you work with it? <laughs> so so what what we do as a coach, and by the way, if you the the book can be a very it's really useful for a client just to read on their own, but it's also really useful as a guide for a coach to work with their client. You're going to have a client who says things like, you know, there's a part of me that really wants to get in shape, you know, who wants to do well. And there, but, but there's this other part of me that thinks, no, now is not the time. I need to be working on this other thing. And there it is right there. There's a part of me that thinks one way. There's a part of me that thinks this other way. Now, as a coach, one, one of the main things that we do is we work with our clients to create awareness. So when we can help them to become aware of this conversation that's happening and actually start to name who's talking, what is this one trying to do for you? The way it's doing it may not be particularly great, but there's something that it's trying to offer you. What's that? Yeah. And so you start finding out about them. You start doing this exploration. What that does, it's a little bit like if, if I'm now watching a, a play or a movie and I'm watching these characters interact, they're no longer crazy making in my head. They're over there where I can get them at arm's length and start to have a different relationship with them. Very, very interesting, very fun. So you've been using this method, you've taught others to use this method. Tell me about some of the impacts that you've seen coming out of a session working with someone like this. One of the things that I frequently do is have, is work with people on the loud voice. <laughs> There's a ding. <laughs> right? Um, most of us have, uh, if there's something that's important going on, it's not unusual for there to be one really loud voice. You should be doing more of it. You need to do that. Right. Something like that. And, um, and what, what we've often been trained to do is to think, don't think that. Don't interact with that. That one needs to go away. That let me suppress that. Well, guess what? If you had a friend right next to you and they were concerned about you and <laughs> and you kept going shut up, shut up, shut up, what would they do? They'd get louder, right? They'd get louder, they'd get more aggressive, they'd be crazy because they were concerned about you. 
So, um, so quite often I work, I work with, I use inside team frequently and have people learn how to find out, turn toward those voices and get curious about them and start to design a new relationship with them. And in doing that, what tends to happen is the energy of, ah, that energy starts getting released. It starts soothing and it starts having less power over my client. So I find it absolutely fascinating that um, it's kind of, you take, you take what Orsk teaches yeah. And then you apply that to individual. Yeah. Right. So, and it's, I, I've never thought about it that way. So there was a clear delineation in my mind. CTI is individual coaching and ORSC is team coaching, right? And you just take them and you just smash them together. And it seems like it works real magic on individuals. So with that said, uh, I guess in agile world, it's still um, the perception and probably rightfully so, that ORSC is for teams coaching, for systems coaching, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, and I'm wondering uh, when you take your inside team ideas and you apply that to working with groups, with systems, uh, how do these uh, concept of the loudest guy or gal in the room, how do they play out? That's a fabulous question. I actually ended up a few years ago, I spoke on W Beck's um, I did a presentation on this and uh, then a presentation on how on, on how do you use your inside team at work, like with a group or team. So so part of it is this. So if I can like, let's say the three of us are a team. All right. And let's say that we work well together most of the time. But on occasion, Alex, unfortunately, you do something that just annoys me. Just I just get annoyed, right? Well, so if I'm, I... I'm, not, I'm not sure that would be on occasion. I, <laughs> <laughs> well, if I can start to realize, okay, it's not all of me that's getting annoyed, but there's a part of me that gets annoyed with this thing, you know? Or, or even like uh, you have an idea, let's say Sherry has an idea and it's really brilliant. And at the same time, I don't know that it's going to work. Right. So, so rather than going, oh, that won't work, Sherry, I could actually say, well, hang on. There's a, most of me thinks that's a brilliant idea. And there's a part of me that has this other concern. Right. So if I, so if Alex, I, if I could say, you know, Alex, I admire you. I appreciate you. And there's a part of me that gets annoyed when you do this. It, there's a way that that can kind of soften it. Mm. It can have it be a little bit more like, oh, well, tell me about that part. And, and let's, let's explore that together. And when I say this, what, what happens over there for you? Is there a part of you that think, you know, like we can start to separate out different thoughts, different, uh, so that it's not all or nothing in relationship. Mm. It's, all, it's also great for couples and partnerships. And when you bring this work to the team, 
So yeah. what impact does it have on team health, morale, ability to move forward? It, it requires a team that, that has a relatively low toxic load. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah. So it's, so if they're, if they're nasty to each other, this may, this probably won't work very well, but if they're, if they're pretty good with each other, most of the time, then you can start to have, you can start to, you know, oh, there, there's, there's your naysayer. I'm noticing David, there's your naysayer coming out again. Oh, you know, rather than, oh, gee, it's always you doing this. Yeah. And so it, it can create a kind of camaraderie. It can create a, an easier way to communicate about challenges or about upset. Yeah. You know, Cynthia, when I take a step back and listen to you, um, yeah. what I think I'm hearing is this is really just, it's about befriending and accepting the full you and the full others. It's a, it's a very good way to put it. One of the things that in CRR, uh, there's a saying that you start working with in the second course of who knows what is good and what is bad. Yeah. <laughs> and at first that's like, huh, really? But, but that had me start to become more curious about if something feels really heavy or screaming at me or trying to stop me in some way, what's actually going on there? Let me be really curious. And if I can just try on that, that maybe it's, there's a 2%, there's just a little bit of usefulness in what it's trying to offer me that has me be more curious and open, right? Yeah. 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 So as I hear you talk about this curiosity, it makes me now want to shift over to the coach. And I know you do a lot of work in coaching presence. Yeah. So how's all this connected to coaching presence? Oh, that's fantastic. Well, there are two ways. I love that you're bringing that up. One of the things that I have the great privilege of doing is I also mentor people going for their MCC credential through the ICF. And um, one of the main things that the ICF is looking for or listening for when they do assessment is coaching presence, right? So, so there are two pieces. There are two. Uh, so one is as a coach, if I can let myself rest in the stance that it's absolutely safe for my client to explore anything, to have concern, to be with anything, then I, then I have no need to try to fix a client, right? If I can rest in my own self and know that they're going to have their inside team conversation <laughs> you know? and they'll work it all out. So that's one part. The other part is it can be very useful if you are in the role of coach to notice if you notice which parts of you come to coaching. How, do, 
how do you bring in the curious, your curious player? How do you bring in the one who's sort of grounded and can hold things lightly? What do you do with the one who shows up who gets overly concerned or caretaking about your client or thinks you, they need you to give them a solution, right? How do you work with that? So yeah. as a, you can see as a coach, there's an entire inside team thing happening, happening anytime you work with an individual or a team. Yeah, all of our humans. And um, as I hear you talk about that, it, it strikes me that that's really partnership, right? I'm bringing all of me and you're bringing all of you and we're gonna put that together and see what magic we can do. Exactly. Yeah. So I heard you mention the coaching stance and um, our agile people know a bit about, you know, the um, coaching stance or the coaching framework. Um, But I'd like to hear a bit more from you. When you say coaching stance, Mm -hmm. what are you talking about? Yeah, well, I, you know, my training, my foundational training has all been in coactive coaching. And one of the, there are four cornerstones, but the, the one to me that, that really is the most powerful is the idea of holding another human as naturally creative, resourceful, and whole. And most of us have not been brought up that way. You know, most of us have been brought up with, oh my God, people are messed up and we need to fix each other, you know? <laughs> If that person would only do this, then their life would work, you know, that kind of thing. But so to me, when I can really truly let myself be with other people and hold them as naturally creative, resourceful, and whole, all kinds of magic shows up. We, I'm going to, I'm going to say something here that you can cut if you need to. (laughs) We, We tend to... We, as humans, given whatever upbringing and culture we grew up with, we have our biases. We have our, here's how people work well. Here, here's what good people do in the world. Here's how good people are supposed to work well in the world. And, um, and different cultures and different backgrounds, different religions, actually have different views of that. Plus, I'm sure you've both noticed that humans come in all kinds of different shapes and sizes and whoops and thoughts and attributes. And so the way that I like to think of it is that like, I'm guessing that you have no need for a, a horse to be more like a bird. That would be an interesting bird. Right, right. But what we tend to do as humans is we tend to think everybody should be this certain way. What if as we coach, we can allow our horses to be horses, our birds to be birds, our fish to be fish, our cats to be cats, and find out the very best of that particular being? Yeah, so to me... That's coaching stance. 
So you need to pay me a lot of money to cut that one out. <laughs> it started with staying. Then I find it fascinating that you went through the whole zoo and never mentioned a human. <laughs> and so I, I, I want to switch gears here a little bit. And uh, it's absolutely fascinating the way you think about uh, coaching presence and what it can actually bring to humanity, at least like, like humanity between two humans yeah. or coach and a team. Yeah. So uh, you've been with CTI, you've been with ICF, you've been with ORSC. And I'm wondering what's your point of view of bringing coaching, uh, maybe basic education, like mm -hmm. about the mindset to the masses that are still unaware. It's coming. It's coming, baby. It's <laughs> I gotta tell you, it's a it is a fascinating thing since so in the ver in the beginning, Laura Whitworth, Henry Kimsey House, Karen Kimsey House, creating CTI. There were a few other places around. Eric Koner and myself were the first two front of room leaders, and we were all kind of like, you know. And then Karen Kimsey House one day said, you know what? I bet you could offer a course every month. And that was like, oh, no, that's too much. That's radical, right? Now, literally in Q1, we have over 200 courses happening all around the globe, internationally, on Zoom. Like, it, it I see this. I'm witnessing this amazing wave of people being more curious, more human, more um, interactive with each other. And I'm seeing more and more companies either sending their people through some kind of coach training or inviting some kind of basic coach training into their world and into their leadership. Coaching skills are leadership skills. There's no doubt about it. So that's what I, I actually see this very actively happening, Alex. And it's happening and it's still like, okay, so you have 200 courses a quarter, probably 10, 15 people a course. So it's 2,000, 3,000 people a quarter. We have 7 billion people on this planet. <laughs> So I, I, I put that in a correct perspective, right? So uh, for those leaders who come and say, why do I need coaching? Uh, what would your answer be? Oh, that's a great question. Why, why, do, why do I need coaching? Like, why should I receive it? Or why should I learn something about it? Both. Yeah. First, first why should I receive it? And then... Why should I even think about learning it? Yeah, well, you know, one of the things you're pointing to is that in our world, there still are a lot of people who think coaching means that somebody's going to come in who doesn't know me very well and tell me how I should do my life. And that is the furthest thing from what actual coaching is, coactive coaching or coaching by the ICF core competencies. Coaching is about creating awareness. Coaching is about you know, we as human beings, we lack curiosity about ourselves. We don't even know that we're not curious about ourselves. 
but we're so used to doing life the way we see it, life the way it shows up for us. So a good coach is simply going to be coming in, helping you learn how to be curious about yourself, helping you to learn how to be curious about your own thinking, your own values, your own, you know, who you're becoming in this world. And yeah, so I'm kind of, now I'm off on a tangent there, Alex, but it, it's, it, 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 so one, I think anyone who has, who has an interest in, in developing, changing, growing, enjoying their life more fully should practice working with a coach. The second part of your question takes me back to my father. <laughs> now, my father was um, a brilliant businessman and he was a dinosaur. And what I mean by that is that he was the kind of businessman who liked to tell people what to do, right? And if he had his son or someone who was having trouble, he was going to tell them the right way to do it. And of course, just like every most humans I know, you know, it's like if somebody's going to tell me their right way to do something, I'm going to nod my head and then I'm going to ignore all of the advice because it's not, it doesn't fit me, right? So I saw that happen time and time again. I saw the way that him telling people actually, actually, it didn't feed the relationship. It had people sort of go, oh, yes, Mr. Loy, that's great. Oh, yeah, I admire you. It didn't have, it didn't respect them. It didn't give greater connection in the relationship. So if you are a leader, a, a C-suite, a manager that wants to be more effective in your communication, that wants to actually have relationships that work, where there's honesty and respect and trust and people can, can be forthright with you and you with them, coaching skills are going to give you the way to learn how to listen more effectively and how to be truly be curious about how that other person thinks or ticks. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hearing that there's two sides of this. One is if you want to be a good communicator, have good relationships, learn coaching skills, get a coach, all that's going to help you. And then I'm also hearing this other side of it. That's a business side, right? Coaches are in business um, to help people and we're all in business to make money. That's the bottom line, right? And so I'm going to ask you a pretty challenging question now that Alex might want to cut out. Um, I hear this kind of myth, or at least I, I think it's a myth, going around the industry of, well, coaches only coach other coaches. It's a big pyramid scheme. They don't, and nobody actually makes money using coaching. Nobody actually runs a business. All the coaches are just coaching coaches and they think it's great. Great pyramid. <laughs> Have you heard that one? Oh, sure. <laughs> And how do you answer that? Well, you, I, I, you're I, I, in the beginning. You tell yeah. us 
how are people doing business as coaches? Yeah. Oh, I, before, before you get there, if you oh, are at the bottom of the pyramid, you should be a billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> I would be at the bottom. I think that's the top of the pyramid, but okay. Okay. maybe so. Right? But that, so here's the thing. Of course, that's a, of course that's a perspective. There's a there's at least a little bit of truth to that. I don't I don't deny that. Um, the the fact of the matter is, I the way that I see it is that um, a lot of people come into coaching thinking that it's going to be quick, thinking that they're going to get their training and now they're within three months, within six months, they're going to have a business. They're going to have. I don't see that. I The people that I have seen be successful in the world of coaching, it normally takes someone about three years. And people don't want to hear that. Right? So they they so there's this this piece of like, are are you along with growing your coaching skills? Are you do you know how to run a business? Or do you want to take these skills and become an internal coach or find a different way, maybe partner with other coaches? You know, I have a business partnership with my husband and it, we're blessed at this point in the game. Um, we now get more, we get re referrals all the time from all different walks of life. Do I still work with coaches? Sure. I work with some coaches, but that's not the, that's not the crux of my business. Right. And so so part of it has to do with really being willing to take a look and hold this as a real true business. And if they're if someone's not interested in doing that, they're going to find all kinds of ways to, to blame the that that perspective on it, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I would be really curious how you would tie that to somebody's an inside team. <laughs> And, and and who is talking there at one at each moment right yeah well see that so so you can really check it out <laughs> you, uh, you you're 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 doing it right there alex you're noticing okay who's the one who says oh it's all a pyramid scheme who's the one who does that what's that one trying to do you know it actually might be trying to protect you in some way Let's not make this a real profession. Let's not, you know, you don't have, no, oh, you're having trouble? Oh, don't worry about it. Let's blame them, right? So, so it's interesting what's <laughs> fascinating, kind of ha having background in CDI, right? I would, I would have totally gone for a saboteur at that point and would have totally put it on my shoulders, that ugly thing, dismiss it, put it on a shelf and kind of, I got rid of that. And it sounds like with the inside team, you might want to, I don't know, cuddle him or maybe accept him or maybe make friends with him. So it, it, it's fascinating how different, different schools of thoughts and how different ways coexist. So I want to go back a little bit to the business side. Okay. And, uh, you basically said that it takes perseverance. It takes patience. Yeah. Well, definitely three years take some patience. It takes the focus on building the business. Absolutely. Uh, what are some other attributes that you see great coaches and great coaches who build great businesses they have so that it helps them to kind of navigate that journey? Well, I got to tell you, one of my main tips is don't do this alone. 
if early on, so there's a magical man by the name of Eric Koner, who is a character and a half and a brilliant coach. And he and I were the first two leaders for CTI. And, and we were the first two leaders because we were already a business partnership. That was part of it. So I was terrified to talk about coaching, to try to build my business, to try to market myself, nervous, like, ooh, you know, and that kind of feeling like I'm going to be found out because I don't know what I'm doing well enough yet. And all of that, all of that stuff that people experience all the time, right? I needed someone to, so an outside team member. I needed someone, Eric and I talked every day. We talked every day. We coached each other. We worked with each other. We'd say, you know, it's all right. Let's go. You know, I'll, I'll make five calls. You make five calls. Let's talk later this afternoon. We supported each other and we helped, we helped each other stay focused. So one of the things that I see frequently happens for people that are starting a coaching business is that a lot of people have been in some corporate environment or some environment where they've been part of a team and now they're suddenly on their own and they think they're supposed to somehow shift like somehow I magically am going to shift gears and be this amazing business owner but they've never even thought about what it is to be the CEO of their own company. They've never thought about what, how do I want to market? What will this take? How do I stay in action when I feel daunted and nervous? Right? So, so for me, my number one tip, get a partner, get a partner, get a team, get a buddy, stay in relationship, like lean into each other. And it's interesting, something uh, to say for um, the scarcity mindset, right? When we think about, oh, it's a competition, they will take my clients, right? Rather than abundance mindset, we can create our clients, we can expand the pie. And frankly, we don't even know the boundaries of that pie just yet. That's right. I, I love what you're saying there, Alex, because one of the things that, that I think is really important is like I, even, even the three of us on this call, we would all attract different people as our clients, mm -hmm. right? There's no, to me, there's, yeah, you know, when people come and they're exploring coaching with me, I actually want them to try on some different coaching styles. I want to make sure that's the right fit for them. We're a high ticket item. It's like, you know, someone starts coaching with me. It's like buying a sofa. It's like, <laughs> it's like, it's, it's money. It's like they're putting down some money and it needs to be thought through. It needs to not be like, oh, you're an MCC. Great. No. Does my personality fit for you? Does the, do the way I think fit for you? The way I'm going to challenge you or be calm with you or whatever it is, does that fit? And because of that, I don't, I don't see competition in this industry at all. I'm sorry, but I just have to say now I will see every coach, uh, every coach like that talking sofa from Beauty and the Beast. 
você trabalha é sofa. Hilarious. Okay, so I hear you talking about this chemistry that's got to happen between the coach and the client. <clears throat> and what I run into often is um, people who like, they feel like they've got to take every client because they might not get another one. There's not another one there. What happens when you accept an engagement with someone that you should not have? Oh no. Oh no. So there's my number two tip. <laughs> <laughs> My number two tip is never keep clients who cost you. Ooh, talk about cost you. What's that mean? Yeah. So if I open my calendar and I see someone's name in my schedule, I, I have to be like, oh, that'll be fun. Oh, that'll be good. Something like some sense of pleasure, right? It's a little bit, I guess it's a little bit like, um, oh, what's her name who goes through the clothes and things that need to spark joy. It's kind of like that. It's like, so if, if I, because here's why, if I open my calendar and I now see some names where I'm like, oh God, oh, oh, I don't do well with that person. What happens over here? I start, I start wanting to have fewer and fewer clients. I'm not excited about building my practice. I'm worried about it, right? So if, but if I have clients that I enjoy speaking with, then I'm naturally going to be good. They're naturally going to refer me. And, uh, and, and I will want to talk to more people. Now, Thomas Leonard, who created Coach U 100 years ago, He used to say that your first five clients are the hardest ones to get. And after your first 10 clients, something like this, after your first 10 clients, you're going to know your right fit. Right. And so there is a little bit of really getting to work with several people for you to find out who, how do I, how can I tell when someone is really the right fit for me? Yeah. Yeah, I hear this dichotomy of I want money, so I take anybody. And when I take anybody, I hate it and I don't make money. That's right. So instead, take the ones you love right. and then you'll make money. Right. And, and Sherry, by the way, if money is an issue, go get a friggin' job. Go do something else because you, the, here's, an, here's another piece. One of the main One of the main problems with any business, one of the main reasons of business failure is improper financing, right? So if, if you don't have enough money to live in a way that feels comfortable in your being with a roof over your head and food and, you know, an ability to rest at night, then, you, then you're not going to be coaching well. You're going to be desperate as you look for clients and you do not want that. Yeah, and it's funny, I just taught the coaching practice or practice administration last night. And that's one of the things that I said, basically, if your business goal is money, just think again. Your business goal cannot be, I want to make a million dollars. Money will follow your enjoyment. Money will follow your purpose in life. Money will follow connections with people and relationships. 
money cannot be your goal. <laughs> so with that said, what is the tip number three from Cynthia? Oh, let's see. Let's see. I don't know. That might have been tip number three. What what give give me the question again and I'll and I'll tell you tip number three. To be successful in coaching business. Um keep growing as a coach. So we as we as coaches, we as humans get into bad habits. It's easy to go through a program, you get certified. Now you're out there growing your business. And guess what? Two years later, you're doing the same bad habits that you were doing over here. Right? That's why to me, it's important to be a member of the ICF. It's important to keep uh, keep ongoing CCEUs, keep doing courses, come back and assist courses, you know, that you've gone through so that you're growing and learning as a coach. Then you feel more secure in your coaching. Then you do, you're, you're growing that coaching being, you're growing that coaching stance. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think, are there, are there, you know, as soon as we get off the call, I'll know five more tips. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So when I hear you talk about that, it makes me think of coaching supervision, right? It's one of the reasons why I do supervision because I see people who I saw three years ago and they were great. And now I'm like, what the heck happened to you? Because there's no over, not oversight, but there's no connection and accountability in someone who's going to call BS on what they're doing. That's right. Yeah. So, um, Cynthia, I just realized that you've been coach longer than I've been in the workforce. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, okay. At least it's not longer than you've been alive, although it, some of the people listening to this is probably so. <laughs> okay, lady, this is to say that such a storied career, you achieved pretty much everything a coach wants to achieve. I'm wondering what, what are you looking for? What are you excited about in 2021? <laughs> it's, it's actually pretty well said. I, I, um, I feel honored that I have been able to uh, have the level of achievement that I have in the coaching world and the level of, of, uh, of work that I've had. And, you know, I've done a, a lot of things with the ICF over the years, but it's an interesting time because my husband and I have just moved to Palm Springs. And as we started to move out here, I'm in my sixties. I started, I'm starting to like, okay, you know, Oh, are we considering retirement? I don't, but I got to tell you in coming out here, it feels like some whole new thing is about to start and I don't know what it is. So, so I'm excited. I'm open. It, it, I want to now bring inside team back, back out as a coach training. There was years ago, I offered it as a coach training and then I got busy doing some other things. And so now I'm wanting to bring it back out. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to, to you today is because I want this to, um, to help me launch what's next for what's next around inside team. 
And I'm pretty sure we are going to be looking forward and be on the lookout for that class. And please do pick up a phone when I call you up for mentor coaching for MCC. <laughs> <laughs> so with that said, Cynthia, thank you so much for coming and spending some really, really fascinating time with us. Uh, I'm sure I speak for Bosher and I. We enjoy the conversation immensely and wish you luck and wish you a lot of success in 2021 uh hopefully it's gonna be nothing like 2020 <laughs> and uh really excited for you to make a move and starting starting maybe a new chapter in the new place yeah and with that said uh this has been tandem coaching academies keeping agile non-denominational podcast and we were your hosts Sharice Alice and I Alex Goodenough bye now <laughs>